The start of the legislative session for 2024 in the state of South Carolina is just a few days away. We take some time today to highlight our priorities for the upcoming session. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Hakeem Jeffries are all set to make appearances in the Palmetto State over the course of the next two weeks. What are they going to be talking about? Why are they here? And what will they say when they're here? We'll mention a few of those things. There's a case being raised for Donald Trump to be moved off the ballot in South Carolina in 2024. We look quickly at that. And Harvard President Claudine Gay has been uh, relieved of her duty. She resigned. And it's uh, not because of plagiarism. It's because you're all racist. All of that today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome in. It's the Wednesday edition of the program, the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. It's the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Mitch Prosser, Justin Hall here with you. It is Wednesday, January 3rd, in the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding. Ooh, almost at three. A lot to get to today, including the start of the legislative session, which is just under a week away. It is next Tuesday, January 9th. All the little critters scamper away because the folks are back. And notice, I th- you thought I was about to call them critters. No. Little critters scamper away because people are back in the state capitol. That garage will be used a lot more. Be a lot more hustle and bustle on the capitol grounds yeah. on that second floor. It's going to so be those, fun. Those on the first floor say we're here all the time working. Yeah, that's right. Uh, those on the second floor will rejoin. We'll be over there quite a bit. We'll have some recaps for you from each week as, as needed, and we'll let you know about whatever's going on. But... As we get into the second half of the 2023-2024 legislative session, a couple things that you need to know about. Number one, I don't know if you know this or not, but it is an election year. So that means not only are we voting for president and vice president, of course, we're voting for every Senate seat and every House seat in our state government. Yes. Now, constitutional officers, no. They were elected in 2022. Yes. So every seat in that second floor in both chambers up for grabs. All 170 of them. That includes the seat that was just won yesterday. In the 19th Senate District. Senate District 19, Tamika Isaac Devine took that race. So she is the new senator from Richland County. She will be sworn in in just a couple of days. Congratulations Congratulations to to her. her. The Senate sisters pick up another female uh, inside the Senate. It is now six of them who will be senators. Now, of course, that seat will have to be won again Yes. In November. So it's yes. a quick turnaround, but odds are. And I, I don't know that she'll be primaried, so I don't know that she's got an interim election in June. But yeah, I would imagine right. there, yeah. Will be, there will be a challenge at the general. But yeah. for now, uh, Tamika Isaacs Devine is your new senator in that Senate district seat. And of course, uh, she ran for mayor of Columbia just a couple of years ago, losing to Daniel Rickenman, but uh, rebounded nicely coming off of Columbia City Council and now sitting in that Senate seat. So she'll be sworn in in just a couple of days. Now, for us at Palmetto Family, this second half of the legislative session promises to be one that has some action to it simply because, I mean, let's just be honest here. It's an election year. Mm -hmm. These senators, these representatives are going to want something to campaign on. That's just how politics works. Generally speaking. Now, for us, we don't have to campaign. I don't have to win an election. We campaign for Palmetto Family every day. (laughs) Correct. So, we're looking at this from a different perspective, and that is priorities that we want to see. 
And that you. And that you want to see because what we do is we listen to you. We go from town to town. Mm-hmm. We visit all the villes and the, the bergs. From June through December. <laughs> uh, and, then, and January because I'll be in Sumter this coming tomorrow, tomorrow night. Thir- well, Thursday night. Thursday night, yeah, depending tomorrow. on when this airs. That's tomorrow. This uh, airs or today. when you listen. So, so if Thursday you're listening night. to this on Friday, last night I was in Sumter. There you go. Uh, so we talk to everybody, and we basically take your concerns, match them up with what's really going on inside the state house, and then try to move on those issues. Now, in 2024, we've got several issues that we're that we're looking at. Number one, we talked about this on November 6th, the Help Not Harm Bill. Yeah. Um, number one out of the gate. It, and, it, and it very well could be number one out of the gate. There are two bills inside the Senate Medical Affairs Committee uh, on this topic. Yes. Uh, one is uh, one birth is, certificates? Yeah. Well, there are two that are very similar, and then there's the one that's the birth certificates. Yeah. So Senators Danny Verdon and Josh Kimbrell have similar bills. Yes. And then there is a birth certificate bill. So okay. we could see all of those conglomerated. We're into watching one bill. S623 and S627 currently. Yes. Um, S627, I believe, is the help not harm bill. Correct. And that language is still being improved. I think it's good language. I think it's uh, worthy of uh, you and me getting behind to ensure that South Carolina's children are protected from the harms of transgender reassignments, whether that's chemical castration, uh, which is not being done in South Carolina, wink, wink, nod, nod, and the physical physical harm done by gender reassignment surgeries for those children, yes, I said children, under the age of 18. So we're looking at Help Not Harm being one of the major issues. Again, we won't get detailed on a lot of these. We'll have more information for these as we go along. So Help Not Harm, uh, eliminating pornography in the underground sex industry, uh, there are bills that are being crafted right now that will be introduced in this session yes. uh, that will seek to curb access to pornography in the state of South Carolina as well as trying to clamp down and tighten the screws on the underground Tra- sex Travis industry. Moore has one of those right now. It's H. If you want to go look it up, it's H4689, H4689, and that is a bill that we are calling the default to uh, – it's not the default to safety act – uh, I'll get you the name of it here in just a second, um, but it is it is basically a bill that ensures that when a uh, a parent or child, for that matter, or specifically a parent, uh, it is the Children's Default to Safety Act. No, that's the old bill. Uh, I'll get it right here in just a minute. When a parent activates a child's phone, there's a toggle switch on your phone that will curb, uh, if not completely eliminate the use or viewing of illicit and harmful adult material on your phone. You can do it. We could walk you through how to do it in about a minute right now if we chose to. And maybe that's something we do at some point Mm -hmm. just to show parents out there because this is something that, yes, this bill, when passed, will be done proactively. Uh, And and by the way, Travis Moore, the upstate Spartanburg area, uh, is the one sponsoring this bill, and he's picking up co-sponsors on it as we speak. He's pre-filed it. Uh, This will protect minors from the use and and viewing of illicit pornographic images. And and you say, how in the world does that have anything to do with human trafficking? Well, we know that many of those uh, who participate in uh, and who who are in pornographic images and films and that sort of thing, they are being trafficked uh, many times, uh, many in many cases against their will, um, and then. The other thing here is we want to cut down, and this sounds so crude, 
but I, I think it's worth saying we want to cut down on future generations of potential human traffic users, what we would call the buyer. If, yeah. the, if There are three participants in most human trafficking situations here in South Carolina. There is the, the trafficker, uh, there is the product, if you will, and there is the buyer. Uh, the trafficker, it, it, let's just, and if you got kids around and you want to sh- guard their ears, shade them from this, I, I understand. So I'll give you about three seconds. It, we've got three different people. We've got the, the pimp, who would be the trafficker. We've got the prostitute, who would be the uh, the product. And, and, and that sounds so crude and sickening to say, I understand. And then we have the buyer, who would be the John or or Jane in, in the case of uh, a prostitution situation. So those are the three components. We're also working on some legislation that will heighten and strengthen definitions and penalties. Right now, Justin, I know you know this, and many of you listening to this might know it as well. Uh, there, there's virtually no cost to participating in prostitution in the state of South Carolina. Uh, and the cost is uh, not is certainly not prohibitive. It is even, it is the same across all three, the buyer, the product, and the seller. Uh, it is the same. And that cost, hang on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, is $200. It costs more to park in a handicapped space anywhere in the state of South Carolina the fine costs more to park there than it does to be caught buying or selling, let alone being the product of prostitution in the state of South Carolina. So we're working on definitions uh, and strengthening the penalties and restrictions on prostitution because our goal, along with many of our allies here in the state of South Carolina, is not just to curb but to eliminate human trafficking here in the state of South Carolina. So we've got that. A couple of other ones here before we get to some other news. Uh, we're going to seek, of course, in 2024 to continue to push against uh, the ESG agenda, enhancing yeah. parental rights. Yeah, There will be a push for more acceptance of medicinal marijuana. We'll be combating that as we yeah. have been, uh, along with hate crimes, uh, trying to curb and stop that if possible. And, and if you have questions on those things that we're playing defense on, whether it's medicinal use of marijuana or hate crimes, I'd invite you to email us. You can email me, Mitch, at palmettofamily.org. I, Justin, I think it's fair. Justin at palmettofamily.org or email at palmettofamily.org. That's Justin at Mitch at or email at palmettofamily.org. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to explain some of the reasons, if not many of the reasons, why we are concerned about the medicinal use of marijuana here in the state of South Carolina. And we are, we, for, and I know this is probably going to ruffle some feathers out there. There are situations where the medicinal use of marijuana would be acceptable. Right. The, and and by the way, one of them's already on the books. One of them is already in the law books of the state of South Carolina. And why we are strongly against the current hate crimes bill as it stands in the South Carolina Senate as uh, passed, uh, amended and passed by the South Carolina House of Representatives. So if, you, if you're interested in our reasoning on why we're playing defense on those two issues and, and a few others, email Mitch, Justin, or email at palmettofamily.org. 
So now we move from that, and again, if you want to join us on Friday, January 5th, that's two days away, if you want to join us on Friday at 4 o'clock, we'll be praying for the upcoming legislative session, and those legislators who will be returning next Tuesday, join us, State House, 4 o'clock, bring yourself, bring your family, bring your friends, don't bring anything else, it's not going to be allowed in the building. Seriously, don't bring anything else. Just yourself. No no musical instruments. And come on out. No animals, no weapons, obviously. Of any kind. Um, we look forward to seeing you on Friday, January 5th at 4 o'clock. And we've got a great turnout already. Join one of uh, over 100 people that will be here uh, this coming Friday. We do have three high-profile visitors coming to the state over the Pumped. next couple of weeks. Pumped. Joe Biden is one of them. He's going to be where? He's going to be at Mother Emanuel. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. But he's starting this tour. Um, President Joe Biden, this according to the AP, is starting the campaign year by evoking the Revolutionary War. <laughs> to mark the third anniversary of the deadly insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. You know what's interesting? Last year we compared it to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. That didn't work for you, so now you're comparing it to the Revolutionary War. On Saturday, Joe Biden will travel to Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. We we won the Revolutionary War for Independence. I'll get to why he's talking about it. Uh, George Washington and the Continental Army spent a bleak winter there nearly 250 years ago. Was he an insurrectionist? One would argue. There, he'll decry former President Donald Trump for the riot by a mob of his supporters who overran the Capitol in an attempt to overturn the 2020 presidential election. I'm going to add an addendum to this AP article and let you know that they were removed from the Capitol. The Congress returned to the Capitol that night, and they certified the election. And Joe Biden's president. I'm stunned. Two days later, this is the South Carolina tie, Joe Biden will visit Mother Emanuel AME Church, uh, where in June of 2015, a yep. a white supremacist, and I can say that because that's legitimate. A nut job. A nut job went into the building. Uh, I sat can't through say a, his name. Set, I'm not saying his name. Yeah. Sat <laughs> through a Bible study, and then at the end of the Bible study, during the prayer, you know what happened. Gunned down nine Gunned down nine people. people because they were black, yeah. including a state senator, by the way, yeah. uh, Clement Pigney. So Joe Biden is kicking off 2024 by delving into some of the country's darkest moments rather than offering an upbeat affirmation of his record. Wow. Which tells you what you need to know. This wow. election in 2024 is, if it's Donald Trump, we all die. It's us versus I them. keep you alive. It's boy the the empath and uniter in chief has taken a dark turn. It's us versus them. Listen, man, come on, man. If you don't vote for me, you ain't American. Joe Biden's channeling. This is continuing on this AP piece. It's interesting. Joe Biden's channeling of personal grief and national traumas, often into calls for action, has become his political calling card. Tragedies have have defined his own life, from the 1972 crash that killed his first wife and infant daughter to his son Bo's death from brain cancer at age 46 in 2015. And in 2020, Biden first won the White House by promising to, quote, heal the soul of the nation after he said that he's seeing hate groups marching in Charlottesville with torches and swastikas propelled him to run. Rather than promising to bridge the nation's divide as he did four years ago, Biden will instead stress how Trump and his top supporters of the MAGA agenda pose existential threats. The president's re-election campaign has publicized Trump's repeating rhetoric used by Adolf Hitler uh, when he suggested that immigrants entering the U.S. illegally are poisoning the blood of our country, as well as the former president joking that he'd only seek to serve as a dictator on the first day of his term. 
even if another Republican beats Trump in the GOP primary, Biden's reelection argues that the victor would be similar enough to the former president that the campaign's theme would change little. So there's your argument. Vote for me. I'm Joe Biden. The other guy's Satan. Yeah, I mean... Uh, and there's an expression in church. <sighs> That's the thing. So Joe Biden's coming to uh, to Mother Emanuel to help kick off his re-election campaign. Uh, Donald Trump is a threat to the country. To the, ex- the very existence of democracy? To our democracy. Vice President Kamala Harris is coming to the Palmetto State twice over the next couple of weeks. The first one will be in Myrtle Beach. The second... She will deliver the keynote speech at the annual King Day at the Dome on Monday, January 15th. Uh, This will come nine days after she visits Myrtle Beach to deliver the keynote remarks at the 7th Episcopal District AME Church Women's Missionary Society annual retreat. Uh, Remarks at the State House are scheduled from 10 a.m. to noon on that Monday. Uh, King Day at the Dome began in 2000. It was a protest against the Confederate flag. Flying above the state house, 46,000 people attended that event, and they marched from Zion Baptist Church on Washington Street mm-hmm. to the state house. Uh, Harris's visit has political motives, according to our friend Joe Bustos over <laughs> at the state newspaper. Shocking, Joe. Uh, the state Democratic <laughs> Party is working to make it sure its voters, who are predominantly black, participate in the February 3rd Democratic primary and not cross over to the more competitive GOP primary. <laughs> Uh, Biden has two challengers uh, in the Democratic primary, Dean Phillips, a current U.S. representative, and Marianne Williamson, the sparkle gemstone lady. King Day at the Dome has become a must-attend stop for presidential campaigns. Former President Barack Obama spoke at the rally alongside other Democratic hopefuls, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, and former U.S. Senator John Edwards. At the 2008 event in 2019, Cory Booker and Bernie Johns, Sanders flush the Johns. Both spoke at the state house in 2020. Biden, Sanders, Buttigieg, Tulsi, Gabbard, uh, Deval Patrick, Tom Steyer, Amy Klobuchar, and Elizabeth Warren all attended King Day at the Dome. Also speaking during the King Day festivities this year will be House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. Jeffries is slated to be the keynote speaker at the Zion Baptist Church prayer service before the march. The service is scheduled from eight thirty to nine thirty, well, and I'm I'm just throwing this out there because uh, we've talked a little bit about the, the, we're both political junkies. We talk about like gameplay all the time, chess pieces on the board, and the the common thread or theme has been who the Republican nominee for president is going to be. Odds on favorite right now. He's running away from the field. I think he's lapped them three times, mm-hmm. lit- literally, literally in percentage times. points, is Donald Trump. The question remains, is Joe Biden going to be the presidential candidate or the the nomination from the Democratic Party, do they do if they and if they are not going to make him their nominee, when do they do that? At the convention, before the convention, after the convention, with a name that that who somebody whose name uh, has not been sullied and their nose hasn't been bloodied by all of the Republican jabs and barbs yeah. along the way. The question then is who would that be? Of course, GovGav is one of our top top guesses because these are all guesses. We, we don't know anything. I mean, I don't know what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Uh, actually, I do, and that's really weird. Um, it could be Governor, Governor Gavin Newsom, California. It could be. And I've thrown this one out there. West Virginia senator 
who's Joe gone Manchin. on an exploratory, you know, like he's, he's exploring he's, the exploratory. He's listening. He's gone on a listening tour. I want to go out there and listen to what you have to say. People who are retiring from the Senate really don't want to listen to what people in Kansas, Missouri, uh, and North Dakota have to say. Uh, and the other one who I believe he is going to run for president. He is, uh, you know, he, he reminds me so much, Justin. He reminds me so much of uh, young, actually he's probably about the same age as Barack Obama, is Hakeem Jeffries. And I remember texting you, I, I honestly it was probably 3 in the morning, I, you didn't text me back, shame on you. Um, and, I, you know, we, we, watching when Kevin McCarthy finally won and the um, yielding speech, if you will, from Hakeem Jeffries when he did uh, political rapper's delight. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch it. It's incredible, it, it, and most most of it, from my my ideological and political standpoint, is wrong. But it's incredible what he did to thread the needle on his speech, mm-hmm. and the way he way he articulated the message of his party at a time when the opposition party was in absolute crisis and turmoil is above all things spectacular. Right. And I believe he is, maybe not in 24, but you watch 26, 27, leading up to the 28 election, especially if Joe Biden is the president again, you watch. Hakeem Jeffries will be someone that will take a front position in the Democratic primary process. So these three leading Democratic office holders are going to be descending on the state here in the coming weeks. Hasn't been a significant GOP event here in the state. Is he going to be at the Dome, uh, at the State House? Hakeem? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm not. Um, I'm going. So, with that being said, there has been no major candidate event here in South Carolina in quite some time. <laughs> Iowa caucus comes first, of course. We got. We here's got, what. Here's yeah, what no. KJP has to say about the Biden administration. We, we played this clip for you on yesterday's show of a of a gentleman saying that Joe Biden is the most accomplished president since the 1960s, and I <laughs> ran through the president since the 1960s. <laughs> Listen to what our esteemed. Press secretary, the so with it, so fresh, so face, so lesbian, Corinne Jean-Pierre has to say about Joe Biden's track record as president in just three years. So look, you know, I want to take a step back for just a moment as we look at 24 and we're in 24, but just a step back, you know, this president has done more in three years than any other president has done in two terms. And that is important here, Audie. Okay. Now, real quick, I can't go through every president who's held office for at least two terms. But I'm just going to try. All right, let's start with FDR. No, 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 no. I want to work back. Because you're undercutting what your your prophet did. The The Democrat predecessor from 2008 to 2016. But wouldn't this be the third, his third term? Don't talk about it. So Joe Biden has done more in three years. Now, she didn't say done more good. I want to make that abundantly clear. She didn't say he'd done more good things. He's listen, He's Justin, done more. He has rescued a dying economy. By doing what? Bloodletting? Well, you got to you, right, you so, get the leeches out first. President Obama, uh, I'm, I'm going to drop the, the title here. Obama served two terms. I would argue he did more. Whether I agree with it or not, he did more than Joe Biden. Of course, W. George W. Bush, literally two wars. Bill Clinton? Clinton. I mean, Ronald Reagan. Let me go back a little bit further here. Hold on, I got to go back really far to get another two-termer. Ike, Ike 
literally built interstates. FDR. Abe Lincoln. G-dubs. For those of you that don't know, George Washington. I... Uh, and there have been a myriad of other two-term it, presidents. Joe Biden has done more in three years than any other president in two terms. Are we joking with ourselves? Are you saying these things just to make people think so, they believe you? Well, that's the question. And we brought this up yesterday. If you say something loudly and boldly and strong enough, strongly enough for long enough, people will start to believe it. And, and, and I have to go to the, you know, you and I have talked about this. You have to go to the gas station. You have to go to the grocery store. Listen to people talk. What are they saying? Are they saying this? No, they're not. Currently, they're saying a gallon of gas still costs $3 for you, maybe a little bit cheaper. Uh, a, a carton of eggs still costs more than it did before President Biden took office. Uh, you, you, you do the, A gallon of milk, it still costs more. A loaf of bread, the staples, the things that we need to buy in order to feed our families and subside. Th- those A dollar today. So a dollar in 2021. Yes. Only well, you would need a dollar twenty today to buy the same thing that that dollar would have bought. So you're telling me inflation's up twenty percent? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. In, in some core inflation. In core inflation in some cases with. And I need and I would rather I, I talk about core inflation. Yeah, with some ancillary items, it, it's up way more than that. You're spending more at the grocery store. People care about that. But so yes, Joe Biden has done more in three years. He's done more to destabilize the world and our own country. So what they'll do is they'll shift the narrative. Uh, Liberals and the left are so good at this. They shift the narrative from what everybody knows to be true and talk about something. I'm going to I'm going to say it. They talk about something outside the frame. Joe Biden has done more in 3 years than any two-term president in the history of America. And all we need to do is look say in the frame. look inside the frame. Well, it's the same thing. Reframe the narrative. And I hate to compare this to something so trivial, but I remember in the last two years of the Muschamp time at South Carolina, (laughs) he kept saying that we've won... We won more games in the first three years than any other coach in program history. And I'm like, well, that... Debo Sweeney did the same thing this year. That might be true, but it doesn't negate what I see with my eyes, which is things aren't going well. Now, another thing that's not going well as these folks are getting ready to come to the state, is our immigration system. Uh, Customs and Border Patrol sources say that in December, we had 302,000 migrant encounters at the southern border. That's the highest month ever recorded. 250,000 Border Patrol apprehensions of illegal immigrants. There have now been over 785,000 migrant encounters at the southern border since October 1st. That's a population size bigger than the city of Seattle coming across the border in just three months. Show the other ones, though. We're talking we're talking about 300,000-ish, give or take, mm-hmm. migrant encounters in December. Now, now we, board- just had, we just had the college football semifinal yeah. playoff games, probably the best semifinal games we've had uh, in one season yet. Um, Alabama and Michigan played in the Rose Bowl out in Pasadena. Uh, granddaddy of them all, if you will. Beautiful mm. stadium. Yeah. Uh, that sunset's great. Um, What's outside the stadium is beautiful. The stadium is just kind of... I don't know. That grass is pristine. Oh, it, sure. The, I, I visited I visited L.A. in May of 2016, Yeah, and I was able to see through the The stadium, gate. though, the, the stands is meh at best. Oh, the stands are meh, but the, but the facade is cool. And, and they did the drone flyover the other night. 
with the with the stealth fighter? No, not that one. They did something right before kickoff where they flew like from the scoreboard down. Yep. And and I know that, it, that there's like a I'm trying to think of the right word, but there's like an effect where it makes it look longer. But if you're sitting in nosebleeds, you're at least 100 yards from the stadium. That's fine. Or from the field. Anyway, Michigan Man. and Alabama played. Michigan beat Alabama. It'll be Michigan and Washington for the go national blue. championship game. Uh, not I think I go 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 Huskies. Blue. So Michigan's home stadium, the Big House in Ann Arbor, Michigan Stadium, holds about a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. So take they played against Ohio State. When they play Ohio State, that place is full. One hundred seven times that by three. Yeah. That's how many people entered the border in December. December. The polls don't get any better. According to a USA Today Suffolk poll, Trump edging Biden by one. If you add in uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr., uh, Cornell West, Jill Stein, Trump's up by three. In the Republican nomination, in that same polling, Trump's up 49. Uh, 58% disapprove of Joe Biden's uh, job. So he's underwater by 19. 70% of those polls say the country is on the wrong track, according to that same poll. So 49%. And a Rasmussen report says it's uh, a minus 32, saying 32% differentiation. 63% of those polled in that Rasmussen poll say the country is on the wrong track. All of these things factor into what's going on. Oh, you haven't gotten the most updated. Uh, it went up from 32 to 36. There you go. So I haven't even updated yeah. the polling yet. The same 63 are now, still on track, but right direction has gone from 31 to 30 or uh, 31 to 27. So it's now up. Secretary Mayorkas, head of uh, the Department of Homeland Security, was asked on Morning Joe about this border crisis and what's causing it. Well, listen. We can no longer lie to the American people and say this isn't happening. No kidding. Wait, KJP, wait, wait. KJP said it's not. This isn't unusual. We can't say that anymore. He said that. No, he's not saying that. Okay. I'm saying. I'm that. gonna say. We can't wow, lie about that, that anymore. Yeah. We can't tell you something different is happening. You all can see it with your eyes. We're now within the frame. So I forget this gentleman's name who's asking him questions. I Softball know thrower. Softball thrower who used to be on the Today Show and is now on MSNBC prattling on so about lob one liberal in ideologies. He lobs one in, and it's one that, that Mayorkas should just, over the over the fence, instead... We're going to top golf. His pivot no. is just interesting. Take a look. Border Patrol in the month of December processed more migrants entering the United States illegally than any month in the history of that agency. Why is that happening? What? How do you explain it? So we are seeing the greatest number of displaced people, not only at our southern border, not only in the Western Hemisphere, but across the globe. You know, I am involved in bilateral and multilateral meetings with my counterparts from foreign countries in Europe, uh, in Asia, in the Indo-Pacific, all over the world. And migration, the challenge of displaced people, is a subject that comes up in every single conversation. We have the effects of climate change, poverty, increasing level of authoritarianism, the very many challenges that are at the root cause of the displacement of people around the world. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, take a look at what's in the frame. 
the the interviewer even asks a question that says, please tell us what's inside this frame and what does the Secretary of Homeland Security, whose sole job is to secure the homeland. I mean, it's in the it's in the title. I mean, like Secretary of State, what do they do? Ah, they state. Yeah. Homeland Security, it's in the title. What does he do? He says, we don't have a southern border problem per se. The world has a problem. It, all people have a problem. It's not just us. It's like the kid who says, listen, Mom, not every, I didn't just fail the test. Everyone did. Everyone failed the test. Um, it's the teacher's fault. I participate in bilateral and multilateral <laughs> conversation, all the laterals. Um, and this, listen, America, this comes up a lot. Listen, every conversation I have, we talk about it. Good. You it talk should about be. it. That's so beautiful. You talk about it. As that's opposed like, to that's like if the water <laughs> inside your toilet bowl oh dear. continues to rise and it won't go down. And you continue to use said unit. And and your wife says, you know, honey, sweetie, baby, get the plunger. You should probably get that fixed, or at least if you can't do it. Call somebody who can. And then you say, well, this is good. We've talked about it. And then weeks go by. Water is now pouring all over the floor, not to mention other things. Second story, you got And you are are in serious problems here. And your wife goes, honey, we need to get somebody to fix this. And you say, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I ran into a plumber at the mall the other day. (laughs) And we talked about what to do. We talked about it. And you know what? I feel good about it. You know, because there are several reasons why our toilet's backed up. It could be uh, too much toilet paper being used. It could be the septic <laughs> tanks overflowing. Um, there are a lot of issues. It could that be could that one of your it. kids flushed something down the, the toilet. Thing. But here's the thing, honey. Guess what? Like a toy. Guess what? It's happening to like five other houses on our street. They've got and naughty so kids because, too. And so because of that, you see how stupid our leaders are. Now, <laughs> wow, that took a dark turn. I was expecting you to say something like, so we got the toilet fixed. He's like, no, the toilet's still overflowing. Feces everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there are things that are causing this, and, and they, are, they, are, uh, they are and are not limited to <laughs> Here we go. climate change. That's right, big bad sun god. It's hot. It's we hot must, you know everywhere what? You else. Know what? You know what? You know what? You know what would fix this? If we all bowed to the sun god, that would solve it, I think. Ra is not your god. (laughs) Climate change, poverty. Okay, so it's hotter in, and and I'm just going to pick the the country. Poverty? I'm going to pick the country just south of the border. I'm not picking on this country or any state in Mexico. It's just the one south of the border. It's hotter in Mexico. It's poorer in Mexico. Keep going. And the rise of authoritarianism. And apparently, there's a dictator in Mexico that, that all these people elected. are running from. Here's my question. I just, that ain't... that. I mean, I, that by the that way... Don't, that don't play. Okay. If that's the case, then why would people be coming to America where it's still hot? Because, by God, we haven't passed the Green New Deal to make it colder yet. Uh <laughs> Authoritarian dictatorships? We got a threat of one. I mean, we're going to talk about that in just a second. What was the other one? Uh, Poverty. Poverty. Have you been to a major city in America lately? Uh, The migrants have. and uh, The mayor Mayor, of Chicago. Mayor Brian Johnson, who is the male Lori Lightfoot, says this is a problem. His eyes 
Never stop. And, stop. And uh, he's not watching. Eric everyone. Adams in New York has said the same thing. Listen, our our great beacons Governor, of freedom in our cities can't handle. Governor this. Abbott is doing a disservice to cities across America Cali- when he's packing these people up California, with no clothes, no food, and busting them here. California's paying for their health care. Um, there are a lot of things happening in California. No, California is not paying for their health care. The people of California are paying for their health care. Eh, same thing. Is that, so, is that communism, socialism, feudalism? Uh, well, our country's already socialistic, so I will go a step further and say communism, because mm. um, mm. our country's already a socialist utopia at this point. So, it's a good show today. Boy, we are... Remember, move, ladies and gentlemen, look inside the frame. I'm going to move past the Donald Trump thing, because I'm not going to waste my time with it. Uh, there's a challenge in court... Uh, here in South Carolina to have Donald Trump move for the ballot. Put on it's being filed by somebody who lives in Texas. Go go deal with your own state. Leave me alone. Uh, I think that's the that that should be the that should be the motto of South Carolina. Leave me alone. Stay in your own state. Gosh, we've been following that motto since 1774, haven't we? The government which Major. governs best. Governs not at all. <laughs> anarchy. Anarchy. Hey, governs governs very little. Oh, we've gone off the rails. That, except in things that matter. I know Speaking of off the rails, Claudine Gay. Um, well done. Way to wrap us back in. Good job. <laughs> Claudine Gay, we haven't talked about this very much. If you remember three Ivy League presidents set before a House Oversight Committee. and she see was if asked, off the rails has ever been used in a sentence before. She was asked, uh, they all were asked if they condemned the call of the elimination of Jews and Claudine Gay said that, well, you know, that's going to need context. <laughs> so once this happened, Claudine Gay, the DEI hire, the equity hire for uh, Harvard University, uh, she's been under fire before this because of some plagiarism issues. But this brought her to the forefront. And here's the letter that she wrote on January 2nd, 2024. I will read it. The whole, th- the whole it's thing? It's not long. Buckle up, ladies and gents. Dear members of the Harvard community, it is with a heavy heart but a deep love for Harvard that I write to share that I will be stepping down as president. This is not a decision I came to easily. Indeed, it has been difficult beyond words because I have looked forward to working with so many of you to advance the commitment to academic excellence that has propelled this great university across centuries. But after consultation with members of the corporation, it has become clear that it is in the best interest of Harvard for me to resign so that our community can navigate this moment of extraordinary challenge with a focus on the institution rather than any individual. It is a singular honor to be a member of this university, which has been my home and my inspiration for most of my professional career. My deep sense of connection to Harvard and its people has made it all the more painful to witness the tensions and divisions that have riven our community in recent months, weakening the bonds of trust and reciprocity that should be our sources of strength and support in times of crisis. Amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor to bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am and frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. All right, pause. If anybody threatened her because of the color of her skin or because of her ideology, they threatened her physical, uh, they threatened her in any way. That's wrong. Agreed. Didn't happen. I believe in the people of Harvard because I see in you the possibility and the promise of a better future. These last weeks have helped make clear the work we need to do to build that future, to combat bias and hate in all forms, unless it's Jews, to create a learning environment in which we respect each other's dignity and treat one another with compassion, and to affirm our enduring commitment to open inquiry and free expression in the pursuit of truth. I'm with John Kennedy there. I believe we have within us all that we need to heal from this period of tension and division and to emerge stronger. 
I had hoped with all my heart to lead us on that journey in partnership with all of you as I now return to the faculty, to the scholarship and teaching that are the lifeblood of what we do. I pledge to continue working alongside you to build the community we all deserve. When I became president, I considered myself particularly blessed. I keep (laughs) dipping by the opportunity to serve people from around the world who saw in my presidency a vision of Harvard that affirmed their sense of belonging. Their sense that Harvard welcomes people of talent and promise, or lack thereof, from every background imaginable. To learn from and grow with one another. To all of you, please know that those doors remain open and Harvard will be stronger and better because they do. As we welcome a new year and a new semester, I hope we can all look forward to brighter days. Sad as I am to be sending this message, my hopes for Harvard remain undimmed. When my brief presidency is remembered, I hope it will be seen as a moment of reawakening to the importance of striving to find our common humanity and of not allowing rancor and vituperation to undermine the vital process of education. I didn't go to Harvard. You're not Harvard educated. I trust we all will find ways in this time of intense challenge and controversy to recommit ourselves to the excellence, the openness, the independence that are crucial to what our university stands for and to our capacity to serve the world. Let not your country ask what you can what it can do for you ask what you can do for your country you have nothing to fear but fear itself i hear you we all hear you the people who 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 calls these buildings to fall hear you you know it's not the dog in the fight it's the fight in the dog if at first you don't succeed try 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 again Darkness doesn't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate doesn't drive out hate. Only love can do that. Sincerely, Claudine Gay. She said all. <laughs> she said all that. I. She's wise beyond her years, gentlemen. Uh, hey, racial I, animus. I want to go back to something she says at the end here, and I th- I'm trying to keep talking. I'm reading racial animus. I have a problem with the racial animus thing because uh, let's be serious here. She was a diversity hire. There were issues with her academic record before she became president of Harvard. There were inquiries into that. Harvard shut them down. She was a diversity hire. She and, and I'm going to be and we might get in trouble for this, but she was hired because she's African American okay. and a woman. Here it is. So she says, "When I became president, I considered myself particularly blessed to the, uh, by the opportunity to serve people around the world. Saw in my presidency." A vision of Harvard that affirmed their sense of belonging. Okay. Now, take the idea of a sense of belonging. Yes. That is the opposite of exclusivity, correct? Yes. According to belongs. According to Business Insider, um, in an article that was written September the 6th of 2019 of the 20th, 20 most exclusive colleges and universities inside the United States of America. Now, it, it gets beat. There are two. There are two schools that are a little more exclusive, uh, and they base this on admission. Uh, their admission rate. Yeah, sure. Uh, this is how many people number, uh, this is how that many apply, people apply that are admitted. Stanford, number two. Who's number one? Uh, and some school of music. I've never Curtis, Curtis Institute, Institute of Music. Of music. Okay, Where cool. is it? Uh, Philly. Philadelphia, okay. Okay. Uh, their tuition is only $2,600. That's pretty cool. They have a, but they have an enrollment of 131. Ah, so I'm okay. guessing it's pretty elite. Um, so Harvard is Harvard three? is three. By the way, their tuition costs are, and this was in 19. Uh, I'd They're guess that, close to 60 that 20% now. has uh, yeah. gone up a little more. $48,989 with an enrollment of 7,532 students. If everyone is welcomed at Harvard, then why is their admission rate only 5.2%? And why is it okay to call for the extermination of Jews? Claudine Gay had to resign for two things. Number one, the Jew thing. (laughs) 
for lack of a better term. Yeah, she she was not willing to admit that there was harm, not just words, harm being done to people of Jewish nationality and heritage on her campus. Harm. So, it wasn't just that, it was the whole plagiarism thing. But wait, that's not a big deal, because Joe Biden did that. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm rereading 1984. I think it's important we all reread it because George Orwell mentions this thing called doublespeak. It was mm-hmm. the title of our show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go back and listen. Pretty good. Listen to this CNN correspondent explain to us what exactly Claudine Gay did. These plagiarism allegations uh, where Claudine Gay has had to issue corrections, um, multiple corrections. Now, we should note that um, Claudine Gay has not been accused of stealing anyone's ideas in any of her writings. Uh, she's been accused of sort of a, more like a copying uh, other people's writings without attribution. So it's been more sloppy ap- attribution than stealing anyone's ideas. But nonetheless, you, you put all of that together. Uh, uh, so taking someone's ideas without attribution is now sloppy attribution or is it no attribution? These people... I swear to you, these people need, they're like, they're like the scarecrow. They need a brain. Do you understand what, uh, the uh, the protection of intellectual property, and and it's still a field that's being really, really uh, narrowed down as far as the laws that protect intellectual property. Intellectual property, according to the Oxford Language Dictionary, can be defined as a work or invention that is the result of creativity such as manuscript or design to which one has right uh, one has rights and for which one may apply for a patent, copyright, trademark, ETC, etc. To to use someone else's work without citation, quotation, or idea without citation is what? Plagiarism is the practice of taking someone else's work or ideas and passing them off as one's own. Oxford, University of Oxford says presenting work or ideas from another source is your own, with or without consent of the original author, by incorporating it into your work without full Acknowledgement. Plagiarism. That's why Claudine Gay has been removed. That's why she was forced to resign. By the way, good for her because guess what? She's going to go back to teaching. She's going to get some seats on a board. She'll never be fired again. Good for her. She'll make millions and millions of dollars because no one will have the temerity or the cons to fire her ever again. It's just good for her. It's good for her. One final thing today because this just came up for me. But wait, there's more. Disney has handed over the $67 billion Star Wars franchise to a Pakistani feminist activist named Sharmeen Abayed Chinoy. Quote, we're in 2024, period. When you start with that, I'm done. We're in 2024. It's about time we have a woman shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. Then who the heck is Princess Leia? She's... She's she's queen now, isn't she? But but well, she was. She queen. died in the recent ones. Yeah. Why? There's Ray. There's. But 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 George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, they misogynist, misogynist for sure. Just total misogynist and sexist. I mean, bigoted, I, racist. I mean, good 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 for them. I'm sure it will get them a lot of no, street, this, street cred. No, it won't. No, it won't. They stopped work on the new Snow White. Every movie they create at Disney right now bombs because they try to import every single woke ideology into it. If you want to watch Disney movies, you got to watch the ones made from like 
early 2000 back. What's your favorite Disney movie? We'll end on a high note. What's your favorite Disney movie? That's tough. I've got I've got a couple. It's a top five for me. It's in no particular order. Lion King, yeah. Aladdin. Okay. Robin Williams, brilliant in that movie. Lion King, Aladdin. I like Snow White. Um, Beauty your, and the Beast is good. Okay, two Disney princess movies. Good for um, Toy Story is not a Disney movie. Pixar. Yeah, but it's, I mean, I, that's qualified. No, yeah. no, that's not a Disney movie. That's my four. I don't have a fifth one off the top of my head. My in my head, I, I'm I'm trying to look at all my VHS covers. I'm going with a couple of obscure ones. That, my child, cats. my childhood is a little bit before yours. I'm going. Um, uh, and Snow White's one of their oldest films, if not their oldest cartoon. Nineteen thirty yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going with the Great Mouse Detective. Okay. Great one. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, kid coming soon. Check it out. <laughs> um, the Rescuers and the Rescuers Down Under. Rescuers Down Frank, Under. Frank. Frank the iguana slash lizard yes. is one of the most underrated. I get the key. One of the most underrated characters in any Disney movie in the history of all Disney Rescuers movies. Rescuers Down Under. By the way, Bob Newhart, Eva Gabor, John yes. Candy. Yes. Rescuers Down Under. Great movie. So good. Yeah, that's, so that's in good. my top five. Um, and, and I, yeah. Disney movies, they're good. They're good, and there have been some decent new ones. You know, I, I, I'd have to go back and because I'm going to get nailed if I say I, I thought to Toy Story four was interesting. It was it was, it was goodish. It's all the time we have today <laughs> on the program. We'll Ooh, have more about Claudine Gay's resignation. By the way, Mara Mara Gay have, from the New York Times to? editorial board said this is really an attack on academic freedom, an attack on diversity, an attack on multiculturalism. And I don't have to say that they're racist because you can hear and see the racism in their attacks. It's not my fault she plagiarized. It's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show brought to you by I Believe SC. I Believe SC.net. Go there today. Get your license plate. That effort is funded by Christians from across the state. Support their work and get your I Believe SC license plate today. I Believe SC.net. We thank them for their support. For Mitch Prosser, our entire team of the Palmetto family, I'm Justin Hall. Thank you so much for watching and listening today. We'll see you this week.